All right, welcome to the Teaching a Rockstar podcast. Before we get started, I need to talk about dates. Every day this week, I've had, and last week, I've had calls and emails about available dates coming up in July and August. So I'm going to, I used to have, I thought I had my phone with me. I'm going to do it from memory. Here we, oh, I do have my phone. Here it is. I have, um, I do know that last week of July, I have two days booked. The other three, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I am open. However, that's when things get crazy. For those of you still looking for dates, and by the way, if you're just now looking for a date in August, you got some uh, scheduling and calendar issues <laughs> and some organize, you know, organization time management problems we need to talk about first. I am booked on that the week of the 5th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. I'm somewhere across the country. The next week, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I am booked as well somewhere around the world. The next week, I'm in Kansas in the Midwest, 19th and 20th. I'm available after that. So that last week of July, almost booked. The next two weeks, fully booked. And then we have available dates, 21, 22, 23 of August. All right. Here we go. Let's get this thing going. Teaching a Rockstar podcast. Today on the show, we have, it's the Woo Mates special. <laughs> we have Amy and Diane. Amy store, Diane wifed up Wilson. <laughs> And uh, listen, we have had we've been we've been trying to do this thing for like a year, a man. Year. And um, but one of these two, I can't remember which, was terrified. And they okay, we're going to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> and uh, but here we go. So um, you know what? Um, I know Diane. You are at Teague Middle School. Uh-huh. It's in Aldine, and killing the counselor <clears throat> thing there. I, you know what, Amy? I don't know your official title. I think it's a fancy title. Oh, it's super fancy. What is it? Instructional coach. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Instructional coach up there in Mogo. Hashtag Mogo Love Montgomery ISD. And um, two of my um, favorites. And that's the man, you know, as much as I hate social media, the, one of the cool things is um, like you get to know somebody, you say hi to somebody and your Facebook friends after an event, and then you kind of get to know them online. But then when you meet them in person, they are like a thousand times even more awesome than what you already thought they were awesome. And that's what I love about these two. <laughs> So we're going to get to the bottom bottom of it all. Here we go. <laughs> Teaching a Rockstar podcast. Amy and Diane, the Woomate special. Let's do this. All right. Here we go. Let's get to the bottom of it. First things first. We tried to do this a while back, and one of you was chicken. I'm, I don't know who is the chicken. Somebody was a little uncomfortable with it. Who was it? Well, who's been on the podcast before? Damn. <laughs> Does that answer your question? <laughs> I was nervous. <laughs> right. I'm nervous now because you're going to ask something like, blah, 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 like <laughs> Yeah, we're going to get to all that. And you're so, really going to hear my accent come out if I start getting nervous. You're going to get comfortable and you're going to the twang's going to happen. <laughs> I'm silencing my phone because I'm a professional. <laughs> all right. So here's, here's what I want to know. I have, um, uh, by the way, um, my, my daughter is dating a twin. Maxwell is the twin with Leopold, his twin brother. And so I do know a little bit about the twin. You probably got, you guys know each other because you go to the same conferences, I'm sure. And <laughs> No, the, not very often, yeah. <laughs> have you ever been to Twins co- Conference Convention? Oh, oh we, Twins Convention. We were in Twins Club for, well, Twins Club. I don't think we've been to a convention, though. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> it's called Twins Club of Texas or... Yeah, it was Our my mom arm. was the president, and we used to go, and there was like a huge group of us. Everyone was twins, and we all hung out, went to a yeah. twins con- no a conference a convention. Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool back then. I don't be kind of weird. <laughs> and like the Wrigley's Double Mint Twins were there. Yeah, and- it's 
Hey, we have twin cousins that actually, um, because they would give flyers and try to get people to try out for like movies and stuff. And our mom submitted our twin cousins, Scott and Spencer, and they actually were in a movie. Really? Yeah. I know that there's there's a restaurant with twin waiters. Have you seen that? No, no. Yeah, it's like a diner. It's called Twins or something like that. And like all the waiters are identical twins. Oh, we worked at a restaurant together. We did. Eight, seven years, Mm -hmm. six years. Yeah. The same restaurant? Same restaurant. Which one? Cheddar's in Beaumont. Cheddar's. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. That's a that that's a, don't don't you underestimate the cheddars. <laughs> I don't mind a night of binging at the cheddars. Oh, that was one of our best times. Was yeah, we working there. It. All right, so that that was before working. Really, I mean, come on, it matters, but not like this. You know, this <laughs> yeah. is a gig that matters. All right, so here I'm. So here's what I know from between you know, hanging out with Max and Leo is. Um, there's like a difference, and I'm going to ask you some questions off the top of my head, and let's see what let's see who points to who. And um, uh, growing up, thinking back, there always I know in the, the twins relationship between Max and Leo, I want to know what it is for you guys. There's an instigator, somebody that would cause a little bit more trouble than the other one. Who was it? Oh, like now or when we were kids? Kids, Diane. Well, it wasn't really like instigating. I just got caught. She, she was problems. She was curious. Asked a lot of questions, right. demanding answers. I used to do things without thinking. That's mm, probably everybody. Used right? to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get. Um, uh, growing up as a kid, most likely to get in a fist fight. Which one? Neither. Mm-hmm. We nah. were. We wouldn't. We were not that. No. Lovers. We were mouthy. <laughs> yeah, but, but we. I have never been in a. A physical fight? Ever. No, no, me either. No, mm-hmm. me, me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna do? No, but we're mouthy. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, a big, biggest uh, music lover. Both, but she's probably more hardcore than I am. Yeah, we are huge fans of huge. concerts and going and, and seeing live bands. Um, I love my favorite band is Metallica. I've seen them like four times mm-hmm. could see them 20 more and still not be happy with the, the amount of times I've seen them, but we love music. She just came, oh, yeah. went to a concert recently. I'm going to one at the end of July. Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to talk to you about this because this is the confusing part. Cause what town do you guys grew up in? What town? Bennett, Texas. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Don't listen. <laughs> what I know is like Metallica. And then when you met your hubs at 10 years, right? Wait, and nothing more. No, nothing at, more. At, at nothing more. That, that is not like typical small town, Texas music. No, we're from the country. And yeah. I think we listened to country when we lived there, you know, and mm. it was like probably when I met my husband that I started to really fall in love with yeah. good music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We listen, well, because we grew up in the car, the car scene, so we listened to a lot of 50s mm-hmm. and 60s and old rock and old swinging music. Grew up on, Metall- you know, Fle- on Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. And- Hippie music. Yeah. 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 My, dad was, my dad was like, I mean, my name is D-Y-A-N-N and it's supposedly named after my dad's first, I don't know if I want to say this. <laughs> My dad's first ex-girlfriend. <laughs> so, because my mom thought we, they were having a boy, and then the day she gave birth, she had two girls. So they had to like hurry up and get a name, like right then. And he pops out with his ex-girlfriend, Diane D Y A N N. That's the rumor. That's the rumor. The, I, no, I'm sure on. if he heard this, was your rumor. mom aware of it at the time? Yes, and she always said that she was upset, but he named me after because he liked the spelling of it. Right. So I can't find my name anywhere. No Coke um, bottle, nothing. No keychain, key <laughs> nothing. I know. This, trust me, they don't have Harold Melville Boom in the fourth lane around <laughs> at Disney World <laughs> on the ears. <laughs> All right, and then um, and then here's the other thing: the music thing is you went uh, recently. I saw on the Facebooks uh, you went to see Shine Down. How was that? Oh, it was amazing. Well, I've seen Shine Down a couple of times, but they they keep getting better. My favorite though is Blue October. That's my favorite band. People love that band. I love Blue October. I don't get it. 
They're they're really good. I don't know. Well, they're better. Me. Like you, you may be thinking of the old Blue October. The new Blue October, yeah. is different. It's, it seems a little whiny. It's not whiny. <laughs> it's a little whiny. <laughs> Come on, man, grow it's up. It's good. Get over it. And then ten years. I love ten years. Right. That's my favorite. Yep. All mm-hmm. right. So at that at that Shinedown show was a band I'm fascinated with. I didn't get to see them. We was got it Dinosaur Pilot? Bad Flower. <gasps> no, I've heard of them. Flower. My kids love them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like my, my students, they love that band. Here's here's what I love about, about Bad Flower, because it's a metaphor for kids today. And you're like, you know, um, here we go. Now we're getting into some education stuff. You know how like this whole thing, like years ago, back when we were growing up, was like, get a get a good education, go to a good school, get good grades, so you can get a good job. Mm-hmm. Well, like, but, well, you know, why got kids in the neighborhood making... 10 times as much as my family makes an income just playing games online. Yeah. Bad Flowers, a bunch of kids, went, it was two of them went to high school together and they said, we don't need a label. Let's just put out our own music online on YouTube. And mm-hmm. they got a following and now they got a deal. Now, all because they're passionate and they follow their passion. They have to be good at it. They love what they do. And that's really like the way the world is now. And just like we have a guy running for president who, like, I can't remember the guy's name. He's saying like 44% of jobs aren't even going to, are, are going to be automated in the next 10 years. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. So that bad flower thing, that's just like a good example of kids that followed their passion, mm-hmm. got educated on what they're passionate about yeah. and made it happen. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the kind of the thing. Like if, if you're, if you're really resourceful and really creative and you're passionate, there's a way to make money at it. Oh yeah. For kids. And be happy. That's mm-hmm. the key. Yeah. Man. Like how many people grew up with a parent, at least one parent, just miserable at their job. They hated their job. Yeah. 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 Interesting. All right, here we go. Let's get into this some some education stuff. Um, now, here's what I want to know: is when you guys were growing up, um, you're doing the twin. Were you guys making good grades? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And was there a history of educational success in your family? Like your parents? Did your mom and dad do well in school? Yeah. Yeah. I think dad ended up going to like trade or automotive mm-hmm. school. Yeah. But mm-hmm. doing what he loves still does it today. Still does it. Yeah. 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 My mom, she went to. She was a stay-at-home mom for a lot of years, and then she eventually got, I think, like seven degrees. Yeah, I went to night school when she was a single mom. Yeah, she was raising us. Got like seven different degrees. You can look her up right now on um when you search for like certificates for people, and there's like she has like seven or eight certificates, and it's the kind of certificate that's lifetime. Like I have it; it's in my room in my school. Mm -hmm. Like what? It's a lifetime certificate. She never had to get it renewed. Yeah, you know that long ago. But But she went to night school. We were, I mean, she raised us alone for, you know, for years and went to school and cleaned medical supply businesses at night too, like vacuumed mm-hmm. and all that stuff and to put us through college. And then also yeah. before that to get herself through and then became a teacher. Yeah. This chick's an animal. Oh, yeah. she's insane. <laughs> she was like the PTA president. She was always at our school. We were, we, we could do no wrong. She was always at our school. Yeah. When I first met my husband, um, he lived on the street from us our entire lives and we had no idea. And I met him when I was a junior in high school and my mother substitute taught in his classroom. And one of the first things he told me was I did, he didn't like my mother. She, <laughs> she was scary, <laughs> but not like in a bad way. Like I remember someone called us, uh, some person called my phone they're like well we talked to your dad i'm like my dad isn't there and they're like no your dad was on the phone i was like that was my mom <laughs> that isn't, that's why i think i have a deep voice because she had a very very deep voice your mom's terrifying yeah right <laughs> yeah she was i think every one of our boyfriends was terrified of her yeah. one, one of my uh my, my daughter one of her first boyfriends she ever brought home like when she went to high school and this kid come and i met him in the front yard and um and like weeks later after they broke up you know after their long-term relationship of a couple <laughs> weeks she told me he goes yeah the first time he met you he 
he's he after after he went inside, he goes, "Oh my god, you didn't tell me your dad's a midget bodybuilder." Oh, <laughs> I'm no. a problem take because I'm terrified of midgets. <laughs> like first of all, we're called little people. Right? <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right. So um, and so because of your mom and all that influence, you guys were like on the straight and narrow doing the thing. Mm-hmm. It took a few detours, but yeah, we got there eventually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of detour? Um, when she was alive, um, she, she got cancer in mm-hmm. oh, 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 five. oh, five. Yeah. And, um, that was just a bad time for, oh, four, for some of us. Cause we had to, it was a year that she lived. And then with her passing, that's why I finished and got a teaching job. I didn't get it when she was alive. Yeah. And before that, like she, she was teaching special education for years. We were in like what, junior high and high school. Mm-hmm. And then when she um, when she, you know, raising us by herself to put us two through college at the exact same time, yeah. teaching was not paying what it pays now. So she had to quit her mm-hmm. dream job, you know, her passion to put the two of us. Diane was going away, and I was staying home, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a big driving force behind the, the, the two of us. You know, kind of follow, following that same path. Yeah. And when she was diagnosed with cancer, the following year, she she um, got hired to teach. Um, at the same school where I was teaching, same building. I could see her in the mm-hmm. copy room or like at lunch, and um, it didn't last long. She passed away pretty soon into that year, but she was reunited with her passion, which was yeah. another reason why a lot of what we do, it's always with her in the back of our mind. Like mm-hmm. it's all for Nancy. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. So now um, a, a lot of the posts that you guys put up, because mm-hmm. you guys do a lot of mom stuff. Mm-hmm. And I get it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was your, that was your, I mean, that was the foundation of your life. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think, because I'm, I'm divorced and I think that I, I kind of lived like her life mm-hmm. for a little while. Looking back now, I'm like, God, that's how she lived, mm-hmm. you know? And then I had my daughter and everything that annoyed me with her <laughs> when she was raising me, I do with my daughter now, who's named after her. Her name yeah. is Nancy. So, uh, yeah, a lot of things will pop up. I'm like, oh, my mom did that. And now I'm doing it, you yeah. know? But she yeah. spoiled us rotten. I can't imagine her alive right now. As a grandmother. Right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't see my kids no. ever. She'd probably live in a grandma shed in my backyard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and so how old were you guys when she passed away? Oh, 39 now. You got to do the math. She passed in, oh, so six, October 06. Oh, six. Mm. Mm-hmm. So 21, 23, we 23. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you guys were young. That's mm-hmm. really young. Mm-hmm. I had just, it was, I had just got my first teaching job mm-hmm. when she was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, you were, subs- you I was, were no, I was still working. in college because you were at my school, I think, right? With, with the PE teacher. Weren't you there still? No, I was at Floyd's. Okay. Um, yeah, it was my first start teaching. So starting my first job ever yeah. as an educator, and then and then having that happen, it was tough. But it was as fast. And then Hurricane Rita happened, and we had, it was Rita right. And that was we had during to, her diagnosis. We had to evacuate. It was just it was a lot at once. That's why if mm-hmm. you ever see us talk about butterflies in the storm, mm-hmm. it's because the storm was Rita and the butterfly. It was just our hope. You know, MD Anderson came into play yeah. when we mm-hmm. evacuated. But uh, yeah, it was a lot for my first year as an educator having to deal with that. And, and by the way, you're supposed to teach those kids something. Like yeah, that. not bringing my personal life, right? It's, right. It was hard. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. And so did you always know that you wanted to be a teacher? Like that was your thing from the get-go? Oh, for sure. We were playing teacher in our grandmother's mm-hmm. dining room when yeah. we were kids. And yeah. for, for, same, same no, for you? No, I was in school for, I think I changed my major like three times. Mm-hmm. I was uh, deaf ed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I did next. Kinesis? No, Kinesis was like my last one. Then I met um, 
a man in the Kines department. He was like my mentor. And I just kind of, Mr. Nix, he's passed away and now, and he kind of just kind of moved me into, you know, I didn't really have really good grades then. And he was trying to get me like up to where I could get into the program. And I did it. And so I fell in love with Kines and I was coaching for eight years. He was a great coach. Yeah. And so, and then when you came out, tell me what you were teaching first. Uh, my first job was at Hampshire Finette. So the same school her and I went to. The principal was actually your first grade. Mm-hmm. Was it your first grade teacher or one of our cousin's first grade teachers? Mm-hmm. Uh, there were teachers I that taught my sister, Miss Wells, mm-hmm. or Miss Fox, taught her in the third grade that were teaching with me. Mm-hmm. Then I was hired three days before school started, like yep. quick. They got my room ready. So it was third grade, language arts, and science maybe. You know what I love about those little towns is, um, I you know I I, I I mean those are my favorite places to go mm-hmm. because I love first of all um, those kids come back and they mm-hmm. they always they go to college and they all and they all but you know but you know six sometimes sixty sixty five percent of the faculty went to school there mm-hmm. oh yeah and I love that and the parent support in small schools is amazing people don't understand it. that like if you've never taught there and I and I started in a one A school so I get it mm-hmm. where just the level of respect that they mm-hmm. would have the fact that you would leave especially since and I wasn't from there and people think oh well, they treat you different I felt as though they treat to me better because it's like they realized you went to a university you could you could go anywhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you go any of these suburban districts Fort Bend or Katy or Northside or you know Plano but you decided to come here to our little town for our little 400 kids in the mm-hmm, district mm-hmm. and the level of respect I can't even tell you like I'm not sure I've ever paid for my own food at the Dairy Queen you know what I mean? Someone's always like, I got it. You know? <laughs> and they, they get my steak fingers and, you know, it's awesome. You uh-huh. know, they, It was the best place to start my career for sure. And to grow up in. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I oh, loved yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people, you know, the, um, and then the, the other thing I love about it is I was just talking with Lisa Wright, the author about this is uh, like you do everything. Like mm-hmm. every kid, like because if you're gonna have a football team and a band, you gotta be, you need to do both. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Do everything. Yeah, you have to mm-hmm. in order for the school to function. And whether you know, in in a lot of the schools we have now, even in Montgomery, like mm-hmm. you gotta pick a major. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're gonna be a baseball player, or you're gonna be like an uh, academic kid because mm-hmm. you can't. I mean, it's hard to do both. Or are you gonna be a band kid? Or you know, it's. I mean, and it starts in junior high. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Com- you know, it's all the competition thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure there's a way around it because I mean, even I can tell you as a band director in um, larger school districts, there's so much pressure put on you. Mm-hmm. You have to win, get a trophy, and yeah, or get a. It one. was the same way with the small town too. Though, like football was huge. Yeah, that was huge. huge. As small as we were, sports. yeah, it was big. Yeah, and then um, so at some point, both you guys fig you you made your way to larger school districts. What was mm-hmm. uh, what was the impetus behind moving? Well, I, um, mom had just passed away and my husband at the time, well, so my husband, but at that time (laughs) he was working for the post office and a thing came up where he could transfer. And so we picked spring Mm -hmm. Texas because our mother's best friend lives out there. And we lived in spring for a couple of years. I worked Mm -hmm. in spring ISD at Clark primary. Another great, another experience that I value. I loved so much. Um, and we started building in Montgomery. So him getting transferred, even though he quit his job <laughs> when we first got here, um, it got us to this area. And then eventually Diane, after our grandparents passed away, um, the goal was always to have her close. Yeah. And uh, she eventually made her way here. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that's like a, that'll be like a lifelong thing with you guys always being close by? 
Oh, for sure. I like Tony's, so. yeah, Tony's talked about like, you know, let's move to Colorado. I'm like, unless you're planning on taking my sister and her entire family, like as far as yeah. I'm going to go is the land that we just bought recently. So um, yeah, I don't want to ever leave Diane again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, we have family of course and fin- the Finette area, but we're, you know, we're, we're our family. Mm-hmm. My, our dad's in Florida and we see him every now and then, thank God, you know, cause we love him dearly, but we don't see him a lot. So um, maybe one day, dad. <laughs> You'll come to me. <laughs> did did your parents divorce? Mm-hmm. Yep. How now? How old were you guys when they divorced? Fifteen. We were freshmen in high school. Freshmen in mm-hmm. high school. Fifteen, sixteen. Uh, all right. Is it, is it cool if we talk about it? Yeah. All right. Did, as as freshmen in high school, did you see it coming? Did you no. Have, it was like what? Yes. It, yeah. Yes. No. We didn't see it coming. I think at we all. knew something was up. <clears throat> Oh, or at least I did, like because we went to the lake but house never... right before that, and, we, and it was just you could just fill it. But but like the years leading up to, there wasn't like no, I th- no, I mean we 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 were used to our parents a certain way, and that's just how yeah, we were, so. you know, around them. But yeah. looking back now, I know it affected me tremendously. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think you we're reading a book right now at um on my campus for a book study, and it talks about adverse childhood experiences, and I think that's one of them: divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it can... and it wasn't very common in our hometown. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? So when we were at school and having to talk about it, it was always kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. and it made our mother, even though she was the strongest person we knew, even before that, it made her so much stronger after. Oh yeah. Um, and it made us stronger too. So. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think when it, you know, for for me growing up, my, my parents were married all th- all the way until. Um, you know, I left for college. <laughs> they were done after that. <laughs> but um, but growing up, like I didn't know, like whether, like I really didn't have an opinion on relationships because that's the only one I knew. Yeah. And all I knew was the vast majority of my friends' parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is okay. I don't know. Yeah. I think it. I mean, it, it was hard, but I think it shaped us into who we are today. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I don't know how it happened, but I think you know we grew closer to our dad throughout this. There was some strained years, but in the end, we grew closer. And it happened after mom passed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. When when you were first teaching, one thing I wanted to ask you when you were talking about first starting, and when you and you started as a coach at at, at what level? At middle school in Beaumont at Odom Academy. Oh, best nice. best eight years. They were amazing. Really. The culture in that school was. We were a family. I mean, it was hard to leave. We just because we all got along and we were there for. For each other, we were there for the kids. The, mm. the environment was amazing. Uh, it's amazing out there. It's amazing. Um, uh, there's a friend of mine, uh, Jamie Cunningham, and she was a co-sponsor with me when I did Pals out in Cypher. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we talk about it all the time. Like when we just talk, in, or we'll just text, hey, best years of our life. <laughs> I don't know about you. ain't kidding, man. Yeah. Was, uh, like when, I think there's something, and if... Um, I always tell people if you don't if 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 you think you have that then you don't because mm-hmm. when you have it you know it you know, man oh, yeah. it's unlike anything you've ever experienced before when that family is so tight knit in school wide everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. and I can't even I can't even imagine I mean we, we were having so much fun yeah like I couldn't wait to get to school yeah it was, it was hard it was a hard decision to leave but I knew I had met Charles the August before that I had met him at a concert that's where we met at a concert and. <laughs> We dated for a year, long distance, and then um, my grandparents passed away, and like six months with each other, and I knew I, ne- I had to go. You know, I didn't want to be in that town anymore, and so I left and moved to Conroe. Initially, for him, I quit my job, didn't have a job, <laughs> so I moved to Conroe, moved in with him, me and Nancy, and didn't have a job, and then I think in July, I got a job at Aldine, 
So yeah, I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> about being a, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. But I'm like, I need a job. And luckily, they hired me. So, so, so when you said when you told Charles you're quitting and, and you're coming to Conroe, was he like, "Hey, hey, wait a minute, maybe"? <laughs> no, he was for it. He actually thought about moving to me and traveling to work. And I was like, "No, that's ridiculous." But we had a beautiful yeah. home. My mom's home was beautiful, mm-hmm. and um, that was very hard to leave that home. But I was like, "No, I want to move." Yeah. And so that was the best decision to move out that way. Beaumont's a cool place, man. I've been to a few schools there, mm-hmm. and I um and I love it. And I'm doing their convocation this year. Oh, nice! Yeah, I'll crush it. Lucky them, yeah. It's yeah. gonna be amazing. Yeah, can't wait. And then um, and so here's gonna ask you about your first years. Looking back now, if you could um script based on what you've been through and what you've experienced and what you've seen other first year teachers go through, if you could script a first year teaching experience for someone, what would be like the, the things you would tell them? Like these are must haves. You have to have this at some point in your first year to really put you on the right trajectory. What would you say? Um, I think find your tribe, stay close to, to sunlight, to who's positive, but don't go in thinking, Oh, college prepared me for this. Cause college does not prepare you for yeah. uh, any school, public or private. I mean, I think day to day, all the experiences that you have, or what shapes you into the educator that you become. Because my first year was hard. I was a friend to a lot of the students. I wasn't really the educator. Yeah. You know, and I had to learn over the year that you were there to not only be their friend, but you have to educate them. Classroom management is big. Yeah. You know, um, I know back then social emotional learning wasn't even talked about, but that's so important right now. Yeah. So I think to, I don't know. I mean, for I always tell first year teachers, Reach out for help. Please reach out for help. You know, I mean, to anybody, your administrator, counselors, anybody, reach out for help. Um, ask questions. Constantly educate yourself. I'm so, I'm a firm believer in PD. <laughs> like, I mean, huge uh, professional development. Like, mm-hmm. always go places. Learn new things. Experience. You know, don't just be that teacher that settles and, like, this is it. You know, because teaching, now I can't teach like I did in 1998. Well, I wasn't yeah. teaching them. But, I mean, like, I can't yeah. teach like then. It's different now. Yeah, I just say be open to change. You know that whole reach out thing um, for teachers. I think it's so hard, and I, you know, I have lots of theories. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my theories: is I think it's really hard for a first year teacher to reach out for a few reasons. And number one is they're so deep in the weeds. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing back your lingo from Cheddar's. They're so <laughs> deep in the weeds that they don't even know they can't they can't articulate mm-hmm. what they need. Mm-hmm. And I like I always like for me the example I use in my head. I remember being I for some reason I was in a philosophy class. And I remember sitting there on the front row every Monday, Wednesday, Friday and staring at this guy and he's walking back and forth. I'm writing down everything and I'm so confused and mm-hmm. I don't even know what to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know I need help, but I don't even know, like, what do you say? Can you just start over like from the beginning, like Monday, a month ago? Yeah. I missed <laughs> everything. And I think teachers are that same way. So what I always re- you know, recommend the veteran teachers is like, don't just, I'm telling you they're struggling. Mm-hmm. They, they have a cute outfit on and they smile and they smell great like you guys. <laughs> but that kid is struggling and just go, yeah. and, just go help. Just, mm-hmm. just identify something and start helping right there, yeah. whatever that is. And then the other thing I was thinking about is that social emotional learning piece mm-hmm. that we focus on right now. And like, there was no talk about that when I started no. in 19. 
90. They used to tell us not to smile until January, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember like a teacher telling me that, and I was yeah. like, but why? Right. <laughs> you can always be nicer, but you can't be meaner. Start yeah. out mean. You know, and so, yeah, that, but, but looking back on it, isn't it true when you, because I've done this and I've really sat down and I think about who had the best classes. I think about Coach Peggy Swartz when I was at Pettis my first year, like in all these teachers and who had the best classroom management and the most committed kids and really had that family that we didn't mm-hmm. even talk about back then. And that's what they were experts at. Was that whole social emotional yeah. learning piece that they just were doing it because they figured it out before anybody was doing the research? Yeah. yeah. Well, kids need stability, and you're that stability. You know, I mean, and social emotional learning. Th- these kids. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to go off subject, but like these kids come from like you know different backgrounds: abuse, poverty, homelessness, living in hotels, drug abuse, living alone, raising their siblings. So you have these kids coming into your school that you don't know where they're coming from, what they're waking up to. I mean, and then they come into your campus and. All they want is to be loved and to be accepted, but their emotions are like manifested into different behaviors. So you see that behavior is, oh, they're, it's bad behavior. I'm going to send to the principal office. I'm going to write them up. That's not solving the problem. Yeah. You know, you're you're stopping the healing. And not only that, that's when you lose them in the gaps. That's like one of my done. favorite graphics that you made was about how, and I'm probably going to butcher what you said, but <laughs> in so many words, you know, our kids didn't come from the same backgrounds that we did have some compassion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to remember that every kid that comes into our room didn't grow up the way that Dine and no. I did. Or you're going to have a kid in your class who did, that you know they're there for a reason. Like there was a kid in my class one year. Um, I begged for him to be in my class. He had lost his mother in second grade to cancer. And so I became his buddy, his ranch buddy that year. So he'd come to my room, sit with me, just come in and and mm-hmm. just kind of be in a place that was safe for him. And the following year, he was coming to my grade and I was like, you got to put him in my classroom. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. to have him. But yeah, I think that that graphic, like it's one of my favorites that you put out. And I think on the flip side to SEO, I was talking to Diane in the car about this, like for new teachers, like it's, it's okay to take care of you. I think for so long, and this was, mm-hmm. this is now my I don't even know how many how long I've been teaching for, but over ten years teaching, and it's just it's taking me until la- like last year, maybe the year before, to understand the importance of taking care of me mm-hmm. before I can take care of others. And True. I think we don't talk about that enough as educators, um, how important it is to make sure our buckets are full. Yeah, because I can't fill your bucket. I can't help you if I'm if mm-hmm. I'm struggling and I'm not taking time for me mm-hmm. or taking time for my family or my husband. Um, because for so long we, you know, kids come first, kids come first, and they do. Kids are our kids are very important, but we have to take care of us too. Yeah. Um, to do what's what's important for them. Yeah, we were just talking about that before we started. Like we were talking about like the limiting factor of ultimately the limiting factor in every classroom is who you are as a mm-hmm. and if you're struggling and defeated and beat up emo- and emotionally exhausted and physically exhausted mm-hmm. even then like you are now lowering the ceiling of what's possible for your mm-hmm. kids to reach. Oh yeah. And here's what's interesting, you know, it was I want to say she might have been a first year teacher who who told me this and and I was like shut up when she said it but then I got it is was my daughter's teacher. She was in third grade and she had to teach for America teacher. And super, super bright, like, you know, I mean, stellar. And now she owns a bunch of, she owns schools, like Montessori mm-hmm. charter schools, I think. Anyway, um, uh, we, I was saying, hey, what do you think about the leadership here? And she goes, oh, it's great. And here's what and I said. And I always put, I like to put people on the spot. If you could change one thing about her, what would it be? And you know what she said? She goes, I think she works too, way too hard. And and I, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. She's up here all night. She's up here all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Yeah, that's not a good role model. And there's yeah. lots of teachers that do that. I'm one that still works until yeah. mm-hmm. the middle of the night. And I do that because in my head, I'm like, I don't have any kids at home. Tony's cool with it, but that's not fair. Yeah, he might not complain about me not being there, but I know that it's not fair to me or him to stay mm-hmm. late. But I'm 
work in progress. Yeah, always, <laughs> always. Yeah, and so um, here, here's here's the other thing. If it was for me, my, uh, scripting on a first year, I think we really dropped the ball um, on mentoring teachers when the school year starts. Oh, 100%. Bad. Yes. And there's, but there's some districts, like we have a mentor program in Montgomery. When I was in Finette, way back in the day, I had a mentor, Miss Wells, and thank goodness for her. Yeah. But yeah, I think that mentoring program, I think it's important at every campus. Yeah. I think I think it takes a team. I don't even, I think, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I really believe rather than one person, it takes multiple people. Mm-hmm. I think maybe one person to coordinate it, mm-hmm. like you're, like you're going to be the coordinating mentor for, you know, Sheila. And then you start picking in people yeah. to help you that mm-hmm. year with Sheila. Okay, you're going to be on our team, and mm-hmm. you're you're the one who's going to be helper with technology. You're going to be the one. Mm-hmm. Like well, these kids don't even know how to put in grades, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, or take attendance or do mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really think, and because here's what I know is a lot of times, and this is going to happen in August. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go to all these districts and do the convocation thing. Mm-hmm. They're going to do let's stand up for our first year teachers, and we're going to cheer for them. Mm-hmm. And there's pom poms, <laughs> and the marching band's going to play, and cheerleaders are going to do a herky, and like all that's happening. And then every day is a celebration and they make them breakfast and they have mm-hmm. a kolache. And then the school year starts and everybody goes into the classrooms that's and it. then the grind. And that's and, and then we mm-hmm. forget about that kid. Yeah. And, and, and there they are. And then three days in, they are, they realize I, I went to college and I have, that was meaningless. Why was it? Why did I yeah. even go? Cause none of that matters. And here comes the orange construction paper and they cut out that rectangle that fits perfectly over that skinny chicken wire window <laughs> on the door and they tape that up there. Mm-hmm. So no one can see what's going on. Cause it, you know what it is are just so, I think they, they feel ashamed. And they don't know how to deal with those emotions. They feel like they feel like they're failing those kids, yeah. and they're ashamed, and they don't want anybody to know because mm-hmm. it's so painful for them. And they're yeah. burnt out. And st- I mean, first year teachers getting burned out and stressed out. Yeah, that's not good. And then they're quitting. Yeah. Which I, did you uh, put that article up by Dennis Gill? Was that you? I put. I don't know what. The I did. dragon. He has that dragon. Oh, room. Dennis. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dill. Dill. Okay. Yeah. So like he there's an there's a. I can tell you some stories about that dude. That dude is wild. Well, that his his. <laughs> Bio is pretty cool. Yeah, he's awesome. But they, they, there's a um, an article being shared like millions of times as this teacher, why I quit teaching, which I, 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 to me, like what he said, it doesn't solve the problem. No. I'm huge about advocating for advocating. Like you need to be at the Capitol. You need to be fighting for change. You need to be on – if you can't do Capitol, go to the social media, you know, plug into that. But I'm also like if I can't change it overnight, but what I can change, like what he said, is the kids in my classroom. That's my focus is what I have. This is what I have right now. Teach within the confinement of the rules you're given, Yeah, you know, which I think is important. We, I mean, we have to teach the teachers that, you know, that, I mean, we had our first, I mean, we had a lot of first year teachers on our campus that were just like done. And when you're done, the kids are done and they see that and they feed off that. Yeah. That's the so behavior issues come out, you know, which is bad. And then they're not, and then you have teachers quitting mid year and you have subs in there. The teachers aren't, I mean, the kids aren't getting taught. It's just, so we have to, if they're, if they're, which is hard for them to ask for help, but they are lend help, not just from counselors, administrators need to help. Their team needs to help, you know, but something has to change because that's why I said it is so important. Like that book study we're doing, it's a book by Jennifer Rogers. We've got to push SCL with train the teachers, how to put it in the classroom. That way it's not just that kid anymore. Cause you have like, let's, um, the example, you're telling me, oh, that kid right there. We gotta quit doing that. Oh, don't worry. That kid's horrible. You know, yeah. It's not that kid anymore. It's our Our kid, kid. and it starts from scratch because that kid is not doesn't want to be bad, doesn't want to be in trouble. There's always it's always stemming from something, and you have to find that reason. Meet them where they are. Engage them. Find what excites them. But just being like, oh, let's ignore them. Go in that corner. You know, we're not gonna talk to the rest of class. 
You're yeah. just you're or go, you're kicked out of class, kicked out in the hall. That does not solve anything, Mm-mm. and we've lost them. And besides that, you know what it is for that drives me nuts. Mm. That kid's not anything. He's so lazy. No, he's not. You know what he is? Twelve. That's all he is. Yeah. He's not anything. He's a ch- he's a child. Yeah. And based on my experience, that that boy is not. You're not going to be able to identify who he is until he's in his mid to late forties. Then we have some yeah. idea. But until then, he's not lazy. He's twelve. That's all he is. We he's in the incubator, and it's our job to build whatever that is in that kid. And no, you cannot do it when he's in the principal's office or sitting in a hall. I did that mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know. Like I was, you know. Um, I, I was not successful academically. This might be surprising. <laughs> um, growing up and, and wanted for some, I don't know what happened to me, but um, I did not see eye to eye with one of my teachers in a Spanish class. Mm-hmm. And I would walk in, she'd go, get out. And I'm like, okay. Yes. <laughs> and that happens still. Yeah. And yeah. I would sit in the hallway and um, I still, I remember my semester grade. And this is back in the day. Remember back in the day when you got the grade you earned? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Like none of that pity 65 mm-hmm. business. <laughs> 13 mm. for a semester. It's amazing. I thought it was good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Based on sitting in the hallway, I thought, hell yeah, I got hey, 13. I got <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> I didn't do yeah, and that still happens. That's We have a kid. We had a kid. Oh, he's, I'm, I'm not going to say his name, but we have a kid in our campus. He's super quiet. Super quiet, doesn't say anything, doesn't really socialize, but he smiles. You'll catch him socializing with his group of friends that are he's comfortable around. But in a classroom he was in there, he wouldn't speak back to the teacher. Yeah. He wouldn't the teacher would say something, he wouldn't respond. So the teacher like go in that corner and moved him. And then he kept talking about the kid in front of the other kids. And then he comes to me and the teacher does and says, Look, something's going on. He's really quiet. I think you need to talk to him. Like, I think something's wrong with this kid. And I think I'll talk to him. So I brought him in my office and we talked, started talking about music which is what I normally bring up with these kids, like music or, or art. And so I'm talking about art because I see he has a journal of just this anime. Yeah. But it's really like odd anime, you know. And I'm like, well, you draw. That's really neat, you know. And I'm like, you know, my, my husband draws. He's an artist, and you know, and they're all very emotional drawings. And so we talk about that. And so the next day – and so there's nothing wrong with the kid. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just quiet. A, He's quiet, and he likes to draw, and he – you know, he's just a quiet kid. But he's smart. The next day he brings me a drawing. I wish I had – I should have brought it. But it's a picture, it's anime, there's a, and he just dropped it on my desk and walked out. And it's a picture of me, which I found out later was me, with a, a busted up knee, <laughs> and he's kneeling down in front of me, and there's like bandages and gauze, and there's blood on the ground, you know, and he's bandaging my, no, I'm sorry, I'm on the ground. He's he's sitting up with the, with the, with the busted knee, and I'm bandaging his knee, and I'm like, <gasps> and I'm, he's walking, I'm like, wait, 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 is this me? Is this what you think I do? And he's like, uh huh, and just Aww. nod his head and walked out. Nice. And so till that till this day, he's what we have a connection. Story. Yeah. And he'll show me drawings, and you know, and he'll. That's but the part he, that's he opened so up more. So I just think if, if teachers quit assuming that kid, there's something wrong with that kid, and just kind of get to know the kid, they'll open up. It's like a flower. But that's what I, I just I can't stand. That's why I think we've got to push SDL in schools, which I think is going to happen anyway. Oh, it's yeah, it's starting. You know, I know our superintendent. I'm going to plug Aldine because this is going to be a really great year for us. I can already tell. Our superintendent's amazing. And she's just, I mean, you know mm-hmm. where I've come from. She's just a she's ripple effect of change right now. Yeah. So I think it's promising for our district. And I think she's in a, she's pushing the social emotional learning too. And our school have an amazing counseling team, Allison and Kelly <laughs> and JBJ. Dream team. And well, JBJ left. She went to um, Avalos. Which is the new early college? Mm. Well, no, it's not. No, it's Av- no P Tech. I'm sorry, Avalos P Tech and Aldine. So she's there now. We're gonna miss her, but we we're pushing it now in our school. You know, we have to. Yeah. 
You know, but it's because of our, I mean, Miss Russ, our lead counselor, who's a dear friend of mine, I love her death. She's the one that pushed this book study. It's interesting. Amy, when you, um, when you, when as an instructional coach and kids are coming out of college, do you see them more equipped in this department? Like the whole social emotional learning, do they have any concept of this? I think it's come a long way since I was in college. I yeah. think um, it's now more of a conversation than something that you're like, don't talk about. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah, right. Um, like we're just going to we're going to use the clip chart and we're going to move the kids up and down all day long and it's going to work, right? But I think now more more educators, new veteran, whatever, they're educating themselves on the importance of connecting with kids, mm-hmm. and that's never going to happen through a clip chart. I was telling Diane about um, Elizabeth Merce, Emerged Learning. She's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and she does a YouTube channel called uh, Ditch the Clips, talking about SEL. She's a big advocate for SEL. And um and talking about how that's uh, the relationships are so important and things like that. So yeah, I think it's something that you hear more now than you ever did when we were in college. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my, one of the teachers that I worked with told me, "Don't smile." Yeah. Until January, these kids are not your friends. Yeah. Your job is to give them the grade to get them to pass. And and then and as a new teacher, I was like, oh, okay, and did everything that they had told me to do. And then it took me a few years to realize. This is not how education is supposed to work. Sure. Like, you know, the kids, the relationships have to come first before mm-hmm. any sort of curriculum. You know, it's a, uh, you know, I think, you know, what it was for a lot of teachers is they had so, so many um, deep and significant and solid relationships in their life already. Mm-hmm. That's why they're a teacher. Mm-hmm. That they think that, I think it's the, the reality in their world is that's, that's like, why would I do that? Because they, they never needed that. Mm-hmm. So they just go into the classroom ready to learn. Yeah, but that, but uh, you know, for a teacher like that typical teacher who had a solid, um, stable home life, that participated in school, they made good grades, there's lots of support. Their mom checked their planner, gave them lunch money, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. There might be two kids in your class like that. Yeah, yeah. the rest of them that is not even close. No, they're miserable. They don't want to be there. It's ridiculous. I would sit in a desk and stare at the back of the head of this mm-hmm. kid all day. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's a very miserable experience. I think we, you know, it's hard to get into that kid's reality. I think it's, imp- we, I know we've tried for two years. I don't know how we can do it, but there's, um, I think it's important for, you know, mainly, I mean, Aldean's good about this, I think, but touring like where the kids live. Yeah. Driving through the have hotels. You, have, you, have you guys ever done it? No. Is, oh my God, it's powerful. I just listened to this. I just went to a school. This is, um, I made a video maybe a couple years, about a year and a half ago. I visited a school. I can't remember. It's down 59 off to the left. Um, but I was at the stoplight on the corner and there's like the quality in mm-hmm. and it's dark, you know, cause mm-hmm. I'm trying to get to the high school and it's like six in the morning and the school bus pulls up. I'm telling you a dozen oh, yeah. kids, mm-hmm. yeah. a dozen kids come out of the quality. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the first experiences I had in my first few years of teaching, well, when I taught in a tiny town in Pettis that you, you could see the poverty because oh, yeah. it's all around the school, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's everywhere. So there yeah. wasn't any hiding that. But when I taught in San Marcos, uh, Ana Lopez, our principal at the at the school, she uh, put everybody first day of first day of PD. Everybody gets on the bus. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. And she chose, and we got off the bus, and we mm-hmm. went to the house. And she showed you. She said, "Okay, here's the they they have power. That's why they have extension cords running." Now you see that flag on that house in this neighborhood. That flag means that they have the tool to turn your water back on. There's a special tool that the city has, and they they have that at their house, so they can turn your water back on for you. So she went through all these like little cultural mm-hmm. things that we have no idea. Yeah. And so the whole point was when when you give a kid homework, that's the home. Yeah. Keep that in mind. I mean, they come from challenging environments, and then they're, and then they 
come to us and it's even more challenging. Their kids are stressed. And then when they're stressed, they stop. They, yeah. they shut down and they're done. We, there's got to be a different way. I'm just tired of seeing kids dropping out in high school. You know? No one, you know what no one talks about is a dropout, right? Do they? Mm-hmm. I mean, the real one. Yeah. I mean, we every, every, every high school shows 2% or whatever. But yeah. that ain't the real one. No. You know, I tell people, I said, you want the real dropout right? Call call any suburban district. Call Fort Banner, Aldine, or mm-hmm. Montgomery, or Katie, or Cypher, or HISD. Mm-hmm. Call them up. Ask them, how many kids do you have enrolled in K? And then say, how many kids did you graduate? There's your dropout right? Yeah. And it is shocking. It's huge. Yeah. It's like 40%. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's... it's um, But the, I think that's one of the reasons. And also... And for you, this is the crazy part. So we, so we're like, we're we're talking about all that, you know, the stress of the kid, and then they come to school, and we and we're supposed to put unbelievably complex content into the noggin mm-hmm. of that kid. And I tell people, and like you vouch for me, if you haven't seen an eighth grade star test, yeah, people would be shocked. Yeah, like the, the kids have to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't pass a math one. I couldn't no. pass a math star. That's eighth grade. No, 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 no chance. The expectations for our kids. I mean, even <laughs> in kinder, our kinder kids are doing work that Dinah and I probably did in first grade. I was going to say, yeah. for, for me, it was like second, second, yeah, you know? second grade for mm-hmm. sure. So the expectations have come up. And so what's the teachers now responsible for, it's a lot, a lot more than it was back in the day. But I think educators are realizing that we can make an impact so much change by just getting to know our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I have a really dear friend, Jed Derryberry, up in South Carolina, and he has a hashtag that I have it hanging up, and I've had it hanging up since I was a classroom teacher. Love first, teach second. Like we have to um we have to show our kids and 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 show them our heart and then see theirs before we can ever work on the brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I think more and more teachers are seeing the importance of we have to set these relationships and make sure our kids can trust us and we can trust yeah. them before I can even show them a state standard and expect success to come from that. Yeah. And uh, once kids know you love them, they will do everything they can uh, to make you proud. So, And I think more educators are seeing that, the importance yeah. in it. Fight for them. They'll fight for you. They'll mm-hmm. fight for you and with you. I mean, yeah. but you, when you give up on them and have, kick them out of the class every day. You know, I mean, I can't, and it's just, it's not working. Mm-mm. I have a kid in my class. It was my last year before becoming a coach. And I've, I've written a chapter about him in a book and um, his name's Brayden. And uh, when I first met him, he walked up to me in his cool outfit and he said, um, we are all just robots in this institute. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. It's going <laughs> to be a fun year. Um, and that kid taught me more than an, than an entire semester in college. And um, I talk about him often and how much he impacted me as an educator well into my career. Um, he he taught me that the importance of getting to know kids and and really listening. I was um, asking a lot of him, and, and he was a learner that didn't really like the traditional way of delivering his his answers like paper, pencil. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but that's how we do it. I'm like, here's the paper. There's the pencil. You're going to turn it in. And uh, we did this activity one time. Uh, I was real big into flipping the classroom, flipping homework, and and he said, "Hey, do you do you mind if I um?" And this was December, January. I mean, the whole first semester, it was it was it was a struggle. Um, he said, "Do you did, would it be okay if I use Minecraft to answer?" And I'm like, "I don't know what that means, but sure." <laughs> and uh, he uh, spent hours showing how to simplify fra- fractions using pressure plates on Minecraft. And he screencastified it. So it was his voice in video and he submitted it. 
And he said, Do you, would you watch it? And he made me wear headphones. He made all the kids had to be gone. It was just him and I. Yeah. And I had tears in my eyes. I think about it now and think, and that changed our relationship. The, the relationship between him and I yeah. was very different after that because he just wanted someone to say yes. Mm-hmm. He just wanted someone to be, yes, you can submit that way or show your work this way. And he... It perfectly explained simplifying fractions without ever touching a pencil to paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite memories. Um, he is, gosh, is he in high school now? Early in middle school. But I wrote a chapter in a book for him, and his mother bought it. And uh, it was, he's just, I just, I'm so appreciative of him and so many kids in my life that have taught me, like I said, more than any other college course could have ever taught me. My kids schooled me on school, oh, yeah. bottom line. Yeah, for sure. yeah. That's why you're going to meet them where they are. Yeah. Like that's, that's the do. thing, you know. I had a, um, I had a principal ask a friend, a friend of mine here in town, and he asked me to come to his school and visit his lowest performing teachers on the on the on exam. You know how they you can see where your kids are. Mm-hmm. These teachers were struggling, were at the bottom, and I'm um, like, what were some? And like, um, I went back, and so my recommendations were things like, okay, first thing they need to do, and this is high school, um, is show and tell. And he's like, what? <laughs> Trust me, show and tell in high school is amazing. Like, and it really is. And like you as the teacher, you go first. And the rule and the, and the way the rules of show and tell, you know, we do it for 10 minutes every Friday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like two or three kids can go. And what it is, you know, okay, it's your Friday coming up. And so remember, the rule is it has to fit inside of a backpack. It cannot be breathing. Your parents <laughs> have to know you brought it. It can't be illegal. It has to follow school rules. Bring something with a story. Mm-hmm. And oh, my God. The stuff that, and then when you model what that looks like, yeah. and you bring something really significant and meaningful in your life, and you talk about the heavy stuff in front of the kids, and then that, and you take it at such a level that makes it safe now for other kids to go to that level, yeah. And the stories they come out with, and and people think it's crazy, but but when but in chemistry class, you're 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 about to learn some serious chemistry mm-hmm. because these kids are so connected and so vulnerable and so, and it's just a place of of trust and confidence in one another, yeah. And that family happens. It's it's such an amazing experience to see a teacher make that finally make that shift. Yeah, and it takes some time. Like going back to first year teachers, you're not going to get it right for a very long no. time, and you need to be okay with that. You're gonna you're yeah. gonna make mistakes. You're gonna fall, but you're gonna fall forward, and you're gonna learn from them. And it's okay. Like it's okay if if things happen that were completely out of your control or like it's don't be too hard on yourself. You'll be fine. Yeah, because like if, if you have like the for for the right reasons and you have the like for the right heart. Like, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's, a lot of adults, I mean, me too. Well, I was not really anymore, are scared to change mm-hmm. yeah. or to adapt to change or to go outside the box, like jumping on desks. I, I think of that now. And I think of Austin Lanier. Yeah. <laughs> he came into our cafeteria and he jumped on our cafeteria table and was start rapping. <laughs> And he broke our cafeteria table. So I wouldn't advise that. But like teachers going outside the box and just getting the kids excited, you know, like shocking them. Yeah. The kids want that shock factor. You know, they want, you want them to want to come into your classroom. Well, it's just, it's transformational learning. Like when I became a coach, I, what didn't become as clear as it was then the, the importance of making sure we model that for teachers too. So as an instructional coach, my first year was all about relationships. My first year at the fifth grade campus. And then after that, I started reading a book called The Four O'Clock Faculty, where it's by um, Rich Sizz. I hope I'm saying his last name right. Um, and I own two copies. It's it's a book that I it's that I refer to all the time. But it talks about how to help teachers, like as a, a person who develops professional learning experiences for teachers, like make that transformational too. We yeah. advocate often for kids to transform the classroom, transform the learning, but our teachers deserve that too. Yes, there's a place for sit and get. I get that. 
But my goal as an instructional coach is to make my professional learning experiences fun for teachers and mm-hmm. and sticky learning, like the kind of things you want them to go back and do with their kids. And that's not always going to happen when you, you just have, do something. You'll get. have pushback, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's, of course. Yeah. I think like uh, with um, Heather, like that's a perfect example. get on the bus or get off. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like the either pushback. Is fine. Is, yeah. I'm good either way. Mm-hmm. But either you, support it or you, not. Yeah. But. But, you know, Heather Patterson, now at George Ranch High School, yeah. formerly Polly Ryan, at Pink Patterson Online, is, um, <laughs> you know, as you were talking about that transformational learning and the interactive, like, so, you know, it's just like I say for kids, for teachers, what I tell teachers for kids, like, they have to see it if they're going to mm-hmm, be it. Like, mm-hmm. I got to show it if I'm going to grow it in mm-hmm. that kid, but it's the same thing for a teacher. Yep. So if I'm talking about interactive experiences in my classroom and transformational learning and flipping stuff, like, when I have a faculty meeting, if I'm preaching it, it better be happening in mm-hmm. my meeting. Yeah. Because that's another thing, man. Like I have, there's no credibility in whatever I'm saying if I'm not showing and doing what it looks like. So if you look at Heather's back to school, I know from last year, her PD started out of the castle and they're Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. wearing costumes and they're jousting and all that, you know, it's just (laughs) out of control Mm -hmm. because that's really what she wants to see over the top educational experiences Mm -hmm. and memorable things happening. And then, and then, you know, the, um, the, the other thing you were talking about is, uh, uh, just a second ago, you, oh, you're, you're talking about uh, Braden and and like being the teacher that says yes, mm-hmm. like that, like that right there, that is so huge. And um and like not just you no, know, like a great example is is my son. And I think you have the same son I have, just based on his <laughs> what I see him doing. My kid was doing that, like his favorite toy was an axe, you know. <laughs> an axe, well, that's not that bad. <laughs> an axe and a six foot ladder, you know. <laughs> so and um. Like we, you know, we, we've been on a couple of trips together and we went to LA and for his birthday and like my whole goal was to not say no. Yeah. You know, Hey, can we, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's at two in the morning and we're in the parking mm-hmm. garage at the hotel. Hey, can I ride my skateboard down the parking garage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I want him to be able to be him. Yeah. You oh, know? Yeah. Last night our house was on fire, like not literally, but it was on what? fire. So we we're taking like he was like, "Mom, it's on fire! Get the fire! <laughs> Get the truck!" So we we're all grabbing trucks. His dad's grabbing. We we're just like, "Shh!" Oh, you're yeah. joking, okay. joking. Yeah. He's like, "Mom, fire! Look at the fire! Get Zuma, which is a Paw Patrol dog." You know, like so, like constantly. I think playtime, like playing mm-hmm. with the kids. You know, I mean, my son's three. It'd be hard to pretend there's with a fire. All kids, like, even twelfth graders, want time to just play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just get dirty in the learning, not just sit there and listen mm-hmm. to someone speak at them, but be a part of the conversation. And that's all with your college, too. Even mm-hmm. now as a 39-year-old, yeah, I want to be a part of the conversation. When I go to conferences now, right. I don't. I tend to not go to sessions so much anymore. It's more about I'm going to go in the expo hall or I'm going to be in the hallways talking to people mm-hmm. and, and learning from them because the learning takes place a lot more often right. within the conversations yeah. than just hearing someone preach about something on a stage. Now, those are fine because I love to present too. Um, and I did that quite a bit at ISTE, but it's it's the conversations that I think are more that are the most important, mm-hmm. and that's with our kids too. Yep, it's everything, even for um, even uh, not just learning, but even for like that teacher that self care component, and you know, so that we can have it, so we can give it to the kids, so mm-hmm. I can show it, grow it in the kid. You know, you know, I, one of the things I talk about when I do my be the one thing is we come up with strategic things that we can do as a faculty that's going to make a profound difference. Like I have one day on campus to shift culture, mm-hmm. so I have to come up with things that work. 
and they're always tiny and they're fun and people mm-hmm. think that's it that's it trust me if you just do it that's it and one of the things that uh, schools latch on to I know this is over at Bear Branch and um, some other places is this this one minute hallway huddle and what mm. four teachers do they, they have a predetermined time and they come out in the hallway they have one minute it's four teachers 15 seconds each mm-hmm. out loud and proud talk about something with passion that's exciting happening in your class mm-hmm. for a kid those 60 seconds alone I can't tell yep. you how many teachers have told me it has changed our hallway mm-hmm. yeah just because for we can share a, something fun and exciting for 15 and they do it out loud in the hallway where yeah. classes are changing so kids can hear it yeah, yeah. That we're talking about them and it, it like it's those tiny things, man. We mm-hmm. started. Um, it didn't take off as well, but it was the first year, so I have hopes for the second year. But we started what's called learning walks, but we call them lion prowls because we're the Keenan Lions. And so I had a handful of teachers that signed up to go visit, and a handful that signed up as the classroom to visit. And the ones that participated, I'm thinking of one teacher right now, Jenna, who told me that she learned something that she knows that she would not have learned if she had not stepped mm-hmm. foot in that teacher's classroom. Yeah. And so I think we have to get past the close our door and just teach and keep it open. Yeah. Um, there's another movement, and it's just you have a sign outside your door that's been like, hashtag come visit me, and your door is open so teachers can come in and your sign says, I'm teaching – fractions. Um, I would love feedback on. And so when mm-hmm. they enter the classroom, they can come watch. And it's just, it's non-judgmental. You're not bringing paper and pencil. You're just coming right. to watch and learn from your peers. Because the way our school's set up, it's K-1-2, 3-4-5. And so there's not a lot of times when those teachers can intermingle and go inside each other's classrooms unless they just walk in during a learning walk. Yeah. And so I'm hoping it takes off a little bit more next year. Idea. But it's Tearing down those four walls for mm-hmm. the teachers mm-hmm. and then showing that there's so much we can learn from each other and it's okay to ask and to lean on your peers. Um, it's not a deficit for you. It's actual, it's growth. Yeah. yeah. You know, that learning walk there for me, there has to, because it's such an ingrained, um, scared of what people think mm-hmm, and the ingrained, mm-hmm. I'm going to be judged. That, yeah. I mean, that is so deep. There has to be, you know, they do this really well out in Hawkins ISD, Stephanie McConnell, mm-hmm. or, you know, principal, principal's leadership yep. group. And, um, and, uh, uh, Morris line, his principal, uh, the superintendent out there, they do a great job with this and really modeling. It's tr- having example after example, after example, and let them feel there's no judgment and mm-hmm. we're celebrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then from there we can we'll get to feedback and we'll get to constructive feedback yeah. and how we can do it. But but for now let's find something that's amazing and share mm-hmm. that with other teachers. Yeah. yeah, And that thing right there, I can't even tell you. Like here's the here's the biggest shift that's happened when I was um, still teaching. They um, gave me an extra couple conference periods and asked me to go to classrooms and give feedback. Mm-hmm. And the principal told the whole, there's probably, I think we had close to 300 teachers in this school. They, she said, okay, listen, he's been trained in the, how, in the, in the tool that we use mm-hmm. for observations. He's leaving everything there. He's not taking anything with him. He's going to yep. leave the form. He's leaving his notepad, everything. He's leaving for you. All you have to do is, you know, uh, you know, email him and he'll come visit. Mm-hmm. Not one. Yeah. Oh. Out of 300, not one. Yeah. Wow. They just, they're just terrible. Yeah. I think, yeah. They, I think they, they think we're in cahoots and I'm going to mm-hmm. tell her. Yeah. Like, or they just, or, I don't know. But then here is how far we've come. Um, my friend Rob Carroll, who just um, re- retired, I don't like to say retired, repurposed <laughs> um, from the 1199. In Henderson, Kentucky, he uh, his daughter became a teacher first year, and within weeks of first year teacher has that thing on her door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a first year teacher. Here's what yep. I'm teaching. Please give me feedback. Yeah. I would love to have That'd you visit awesome. my class. I know we have two teachers, uh, Jenica Egloff and Leah Tasca. Great uh, partnership in fourth grade, and. Um, 
last year they asked me to kind of the same idea, but on the sign is a QR code. And the QR code takes them to a form where you can fill it out anonymously. Um, or you can include your name if you wanted to, but it's it's the way they give feedback versus having to write it. They just mm-hmm. scan the QR code. The form pops up. They can type in real quick as they're walking back to their class. And that form goes directly to um, that teacher so they can get instant feedback. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping it's important, it though. I mean, catches the, on next the teachers, year. I mean, it's going to be hard. I mean, even for me to take, yeah, you know, constructive criticism. We're, we're so you know? not used to it, though. Yeah, but if the, but here's the beautiful thing: if they're starting it now, mm-hmm. eventually old people like you will get on board. <laughs> but no, the, I'm on board. It's but just, the young kids won't know anything different. Yeah, this is and just what they'll it keep is. doing it. You know. Yeah. No, this is just I, the I reality like of it. Our principal this year did. Uh, her and her team would do like walkthroughs, and they do like shout outs. Mm-hmm. So like at staff meetings, oh, they'll shout out like you know Kim Kennedy. She did this in her classroom, yeah. or what you know such and such. But and they they loved it, mm-hmm. you know. It made some want to do more mm-hmm. when they had a walkthrough. Yeah. But I think it's important to have like peers, you oh, know, for come sure. in, yeah, and and look at you and give you like advice, constructive mm-hmm. criticism. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here's the thing I always tell people because I visit so many schools, is man, uh, like if 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 you think you're awesome. And like you're having a good day, you're thinking on top of the world, amazing teacher. You need to go visit a couple schools because you're gonna find mm-hmm. some teacher that is teaching circles around you. Mm-hmm. And oh, you're thinking, I agree. You're thinking, oh my god! And I'm supposed to be standing on a stage and tell people what to do. And look at her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What am I? <laughs> when you took me to Heather School, I was just like, <gasps> yeah. Well, you never know. Like the whole go, time, right? I'm like, yeah. They're all wearing tutus. They're <laughs> yeah. There's a pep rally at 7:30 in the morning. Like, what is going on? And yeah. it was like insane. And like a the dance party in the hallway and a uh-huh. DJ. And I'm just like. This is insane. Music in the cafeteria, people yeah. dancing on the stage, and I'm just like in awe. I'm like, you know what? It looks like controlled chaos, but it works. Yeah. The you on the classrooms that are like the one I went to that had a uh, yellow ice. It was that a. Uh, it was uh, like a ski resort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just insane. Like I wish that could happen at every school. The kids were just. Yeah, we toured Capella ISD one year, and it was eye-opening how awesome and what the things they were doing. Because I came in thinking. <laughs> But I'm doing fine. Like I'm a yeah. rock star and I'm crushing it. Baby. Yeah, but then that shows you the yeah. importance of yeah. of how you can learn from others because there are things. And mm-hmm. as an instructional coach, I mean, you know, my job it's I I have that convenience of being able to get to walk into classrooms and not just my campus but other campuses. And I love teachers that use social media so we can take a peek mm-hmm. into their class because there's so much you can learn. Yeah, not the cookie cutter classrooms, the Pinterest worthy classrooms, mm-hmm. the ones that are posting <laughs> really. I know <laughs> the ones that the ones that are posting things yeah. like all these ideas. Like I saw a thing yesterday. It was a very simple morning work slide or morning. Good morning slide. And I thought, that's the coolest thing ever. Uh-huh. I think it's called Win, What I Need, W-I-N. And it yeah. was a really cool slide that teachers can hang up. And I wouldn't have learned that if I was on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, networking is important. Yeah. It's, networking. It is so huge. And, you know, that is, you know, and how here's here's what I really, I, I want, I really, when I leave schools, I really, there's a couple things I really want them to do. It was a lot of things, but here's a couple. <laughs> is one, I really want them to have me, I want somebody in their lunch bunch to, once in a while, not every day I get it, some days you just got to relax, mm-hmm. but to, a couple times a week to lead a meaningful, facilitate a meaningful conversation about mm-hmm. success and kids and what you, what we're proud of and what we're happy about and the mm-hmm. difference that we're making and and then also and here's why all right now I'm getting fired up so here's why like I was just talking to this dude's writing an article John uh, John Conan he's a principal in Great Falls what state is that uh, North Dakota I don't know. I don't, sure I don't know yeah whatever <laughs> Great Falls that one I think it's North Dakota and um, but North Dakota and we were talking and he was asking me what I think um, based on my travels around the country what what do I see as a teacher's greatest biggest hurdles and challenges they're facing. 
and I start thinking about the data and I start thinking about mm-hmm. the, the more, the, the amount of content we're trying to cram into the noggin of some kid. And I think, but then I realize, you know what it is for me, the biggest hurdle and the challenge that we're facing is we don't provide educators with enough evidence that it's working. Yeah. Like we don't have enough, we don't show them enough kids examples of, look, this kid's life got changed this week. Mm -hmm. Look at this kid today. Because if they saw that, if they saw the evidence, the data would be fine. They would work and they Mm -hmm. would handle all that. None Mm -hmm. of that stuff would matter because they're getting nourished with their passion. And and in those conversations, I really, that's wish what we did more of is Mm -hmm. talk about the success and, and mm-hmm. the fact that it's working and real, even if it's subjective, I know it's subjective, I get it, that's anecdotal, but it's still real evidence mm-hmm. that a kid got their life changed. And oh, lean yeah. on each other. Like if I have a teacher on my grade level that's rocking it in a specific area and I'm not doing as well, like I, it, we need to be okay with asking, like, what did you do? How did you, what, what did mm-hmm. you use to teach? And and I, I think we're getting better at that. I yeah. know we are in my school for sure. Well, educators that truly want to be there and make a difference, they're going to make the change. Or mm-hmm. I mean, you have ones that are complacent and just kind of just, they're never going to change. You know, they're going to live like they did in 1999. They're going to mm. teach like that as well, you know. And we just, something has to change. It's just because mm-hmm. we're losing too many kids. I know. That, you know, that, that, that is interesting. And I, people ask me, like, like superintendents, that's a big question from superintendents is, what do you do with those teachers that just... Like, 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 like they were tired, like in 2012, <laughs> but they still show up every day. <laughs> Keep, you know what I mean? And like, you know, the whole thing, well, was good. I taught his mama. It was mm-hmm. good. Enough, and I taught her. I taught, she learned to read. Yeah. It was good enough for his mama. It's going to good enough. That whole thing. Like, and I, I can't imagine not being incredibly passionate about this. Yeah. Gig. Yeah. Just, I mean, it gets the, the, each year the kids are going to get more and more challenging. That's never going to change. You're going to meet a different group every year. Yeah. But if you don't stay up with the times and be consistent, but change your teaching with the kids, like you can't just stay. Right. Like yeah, what, you did, were. what did Alice Keeler say? She's like one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Um, a lot of research has happened since you graduated from college. It's probably time to start looking at it. <laughs> yes. And I was like, everyone's thinking that. And you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In such a great way. My friend Brian. Uh, Smith talks about how, you know, we, the Tesla, like we have the Tesla now, but we're still teaching in a, what's an older car? Tell me old man. What's an old, older, older car? A T, um, T model T model T. Okay. So we have the Tesla now, but we're still teaching to the model T. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or uh-huh. um, landline education. You know, we've got Wi-Fi now, but we're still landline education right. kind of thing, but yeah. That car question, like, exposed my lack of manliness. <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling for that. Oh, no. I can tell you about a hot glue gun. <laughs> yeah. Man, that, you know, the thing is with the, um, with the, that, the, the, that idea of um, the kids, uh, I saw this recently and it made sense. And and I believe it. I always say the kids have changed, but it really, the the, 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 the organism of a child that is born is the same as it always been. But, right. when, but it's the surroundings yeah. and mm-hmm. the social media and what the kids is exposed to at such a young age and such so much to take on. Mm-hmm. Keeping up with that mm-hmm. yeah. is so challenging. Oh, you remember yeah. that picture that went viral? I don't know when it was last year, year before of these group of teenagers at an art museum on all phones. on their phones yeah. and everyone assumed they were Instagram and or Snapchatting, but they were using a feature in the museum yeah. to explore via their phone. And I think we, museum. we make assumptions real quick on kids when they're using their phones, like For Nancy sure. who she loves her tablet, but she can also read on it. Yeah. You know, so. same museum again. What? Same museum again. Why? 
Museum. You said museum. Did she just say the logo? <laughs> yeah. See? You're yeah. going to make fun of my talking? Museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. Like, that, like that, by the way, that ain't going away. Like, the whole stuff. No. Thing. No. no. It, you know, so the whole concept of fighting it. Mm-hmm. I just don't get Like, it. making kids put their cell phones in... Like cell phone gel in high school or putting them yeah. in like little pocket charts. And I get that it's a management piece, uh-huh. but we have to shoulder to shoulder with our kids, show them how to use it for the greater good. It's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Teach them responsibility with, yeah. you know, because they don't have it right now. Some aren't equipped. Yeah. Right. They may not be getting it from home. And so it's. Most of our problems in school, you know, in middle school is social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and videos and texting and starting stuff on social media. That's most of our problems come from. Yeah, they don't think it's permanent. Like yeah, what is um, was it uh, you know, your digital citizenship? It's it's not like just a footprint, it's a tattoo. Like it's there forever. Yeah. Like if I Google my sister and I look her up on Google, like is she positively Googleable? George Kuro said that, not me. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and if that's not the case, like t- kids have to know that what they put out there, mm-hmm. it's there forever, mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Think yeah. of our MySpace pages. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just it just happened for me. It was um, in a MySpace picture came up. Mm. It was um, a friend of mine is a uh, drummer in the Jason Aldean band, and um, and we went to college together and buddies a whole bit. And he w- uses somebody. He's also a speaker, and he's using somebody to book stuff, book gigs for him. And I said, let me. Well, who is this person? He gives me the name. The first within the first page. So it's somewhere in the first top of pictures. Mm-hmm. Like I go to Google, I mm-hmm. do images first. I mean, because mm-hmm. so, I, want, I, I, mean, I talk to somebody on the phone, I want to know what they mm-hmm. look like. There she is. Uh, like behind a car door, they call it Papa Squat, peeing <gasps> in Nashville outside of a bar. Oh, no. It's her. Oh, no. Yeah. And she, I'm not going to hire her. Yeah. Because like, what if some principal Googles, like, yeah. and she books a gig for me. Like, that's her forever. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I don't, I don't, I mean, even that's when we, back when we had MySpace, none of us ever thought it was going to be there forever. No. I thought once we log out, it's gone, right? I don't even know my mm-hmm. login to MySpace if it's no. even around. So yeah, what you put on, whether it's your personal or professional page, yeah. mm-hmm. what you put on there, especially if it's public, right. like my uh, Sonia Lopez, the first principal I had in Montgomery used to always say public and permanent. Yeah. And I always share that mm-hmm. public and permanent. Yeah. You know, the, the, that, that is one part of my gig I never thought I would do is that is working with school districts on uh, social media. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little secret part of my website where superintendents go to and it, it really, and it's true. Like either you, it's, I forget what it says, but it says something. It's this page. <laughs> it says something like either you can control the narrative or a crazy mom will. Yeah. And all it takes is one. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we have, um, I've seen some teachers post stuff about their day on social media. I'm like, Oh God, please delete that. You yeah. know, cause God forbid someone sees that and they're going to be like, Oh, that was my kid. You know, yeah. you gotta watch what you say. Yeah, it's up to us. Another George quote, like, we have to make the positives so loud that the negatives can yeah. hear them. Yeah. The, you know, the, the way I talk about it with schools is I talk about, like, it's like this field, and it is it is kindling. It is dry. Mm-hmm. There's, has, hasn't been, hasn't seen water in years, and all it's going to take is one little spark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think there's going to be an inferno. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And then, or a grass fire. You're going to put that grass <laughs> fire out, but you know what? The wind's going to blow and start one over there and start one mm-hmm. over there. So the whole goal, man, you have to flood the valley constantly. Constantly with yeah. positive information. And I'm not even saying, and here's what's interesting. A lot of times school administrators will go to, okay, so we're, we're going to tell this story. No, man, it's just telling the truth. Yeah. yeah. There's amazing, like monumental, magical moments happening in your school all day long. Mm-hmm. The problem is we're just numb to it. Yeah. And we don't recognize it. Like in your school, there is on any given day, there's a third grader covered in 
paint and was finger painting with, and the teachers got paint on her foot. That right there is a beautiful picture that needs <laughs> yeah. to be shared because that's education. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. There's some kid that just got a, a, their first 90 on a spelling mm-hmm. test. Mm-hmm. That right there. But the challenge is a lot of schools, you know what they, they want to share is the National Merit Scholar. Mm-hmm. No one cares about that kid except for that kid's mom. Yeah. yeah. Because no one else can identify with that. Mm-hmm. It's really those those little moments that people that are that are that emotionally move people. So I always tell people, man, like we can build culture from the inside out, but you can also build a school culture from the outside in based yeah. on the perceptions. If we're telling the truth and authentic stories of what's really happening on this campus, that perception that people will gain now, it gives us just like a kid, it gives the school a reputation to live up to. Mm-hmm. And the thing just grows exponentially from there. Oh yeah. And we have we have have great kids on our campus on my campus i know great you teachers too. yeah yeah we just we sh- we tend to not focus on that no because know? one day out of the month seven cop cars have to show up for something and mm-hmm. that's a story that that's gets told yeah. yeah and i just think that's sad that we i know on our counseling team we try to kids with good attendance or all a's or a and b's or merit we try to celebrate them every now and then you know or Find the kids are doing good deeds and celebrate That's them. It. That's it. That's a good kid, man. Yeah. Like, I think we forget that. There's a kid making B's and C's, but you know what? They held the door for somebody. Yes. Yes. What yep. about that kid? Yeah. I want to hang with that That's kid. That's why I think, I mean, it's, I mean I'm, we do eighth grade graduation, but not for like the whole class. I think it's important to give every eighth grader a certificate. You've all been promoted to high school. Yeah. Not just A and A, B or Mary. And Everybody that happens, gets a certificate. I'm not going to say who it is because. But that happens in elementary school, so oh, yeah. in elementary school around here where and only kids who um, made A's or B's or, or whatever perfect get to go on stage. The rest don't get to come yeah. to this awards. And it made me so angry in elementary school, a yeah. first grader yeah, I don't, being yeah. told no. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I'm the word, you know, I'm, I can remember, I mean, I've told this story in a podcast, I think twice, but I'll tell it again, is um, I drove past my daughter when she was in third grade or something over here at Garden Oaks Elementary, is um, the, I drove past the school one day, and she's outside, like, during the middle of the day, and her, like, you know, 12 other kids, they got a slide and all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff, I'm like, what is going on? And then I'm looking at the school, and I can see where her classroom is, and all these faces are up against the window looking out. And so she gets home. I'm like, hey, baby, what, what, what was going on at school today? Oh, we, we, uh, we got to go outside and do this, like, water fun thing. And mm-hmm. I said, what was that? And she goes, well, it's because we all made whatever score on the test. <gasps> all right. So that's a real problem for me. Yeah. Yep. Because now we hit... Because, again, it's all based on evidence. Mm-hmm. And those kids in the window now have all the evidence that they will ever need that we are not one of those. Yep. Yep. And it's not – a kid doesn't have the thought, I want to I want to be one of those someday. Mm-hmm. They don't have – because the thought is, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's who they are. We'll, we're, we'll always be here. They'll mm-hmm. always be there. Mm-hmm. And it's now that is an imprint in their mind. Yeah. yeah, forever. We have some kids who fight for those C's and D's, and that's, like, good for them. Yeah. Kid crushing it. You know? It. I mean, yeah. and they're, that's the kids that you're going to go to technical school or get a trade or, yeah. you know, that's the ones I'm going to push into to get an industry job. You know, but instead of us celebrating them, even the ones that fail, I mean— right. Some struggle, some are misdiagnosed, underdiagnosed, overdiagnosed, mm-hmm. are coming, I mean, like I said before, they're coming from environments we know nothing about, you know, and then they come to school where they're stressed out even more, mm-hmm. or they're called out in class, Yep. Yeah. they're embarrassed, Shamed, yeah. and then they're going to come right back at you, you yeah. know, which is going to get them into trouble, but we don't, we need to find the root of the problem. It's not even a problem, the root of the issue, you know, that's what I... Those um, those counselors right now that um, there's so many out there pushing this and I love it is now I see those signing days for trade schools. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. God, it's inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. 
That's so incredible. You know, I spoke at the, at, I can't remember the district, but it's the Dubisky Career School. Mm-hmm. And um, first of all, the place is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it's really, and there, it's a, Kid, uh, capturing kids heart model school mm-hmm. and it's it, it's phenomenal but to see the way these teachers teach and so, they're so kid focused yet they hold this such a high standard because this really is a place this is a professional place and mm-hmm. if you don't have your shirt on for this for whether you're a mechanics class or if you're in um uh I, I, you're not supposed to say uh, beautician, what's it called? Any, uh, cosmetology, yeah, cosmetology, <laughs> and um, you know, or in you know, in in the the restaurant and hotel management department. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different things, but you know, th- I love that there's those programs where those kids have a passion for that. Mm-hmm. My my kid, if he didn't get into HSPVA, he was going to go here to Northside because um, they have the culinary arts. And yeah, like, who doesn't want to cook burgers and yeah. steaks and <laughs> sandwiches, man? I mean, come on. No, yeah. I, I think it's important to. Uh, I'm gonna plug this Texas on course. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna get, we. All right, let me get let me get to that. Here's okay. here's what I want to talk about. And that is what I was gonna ask you guys. Um, what are you like really excited about right now in your career? And I know that this is uh, something you've been talking about and posting about, mm-hmm. and you are out celebrating at night about. What, so what, so what, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What you, now? Tell me what, what what was that whole thing you got going on? Okay, so this started uh, like three years ago, Texas on course, and I initially started by joining the academy, which is where you go through learning modules, you earn badges, you actually get paid. So any counselor that wants to get paid, look into that. And you can apply to be a cohort, which is like a foot soldier, like an ambassador for Texas Encore. So each year I've applied, never got chosen. And this last year I got chosen, which is cohort three. And so Texas Encore is a state-funded free initiative from UT Austin. And it has like an array of resources, free resources for parents, students, principals, administrators, superintendents, athletic coaches, um, counselors, anybody. And it's free. And this is the first time that all the resources have been in one place for everybody. And I think we're in two thirds of the districts in Texas, like um, almost 12. I don't want to get the number wrong, but it keeps going up like 2,700. has one. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of teachers, uh, I mean, like each region has their own little section and we all, we just promote it. We're ambassadors. And, um, but like, if you're an athletic coach, you can go and find out like the rules. Or if you're a parent and you don't know what to do freshman year, you know, sophomore year, junior year, senior, you have a timeline and to-do list and, um, we a have, support system. Yes. And there's middle galaxy, which is a, a game. That's what I was going to talk about. An interactive game where you can explore different careers and find like what you want. There's Matt, my grad, which is. You add, they answer, they they ask questions and you answer them and then it kind of builds your four year plan for high school. Mm. And so instead of um, just picking some like I want to be a football player when I get out of you know high school, you're actually going to explore. They have um, share your road where you get to actually experience different careers and their videos. So it's very resourceful. They're easy to digest information. Um, it's interactive. And so for middle school, what I'm going to try to push this year is the curriculum to push the lessons into the classrooms, the CTE classrooms. And um, there's a family guide. So like if you want to do family engagement nights, you can use this family guide to promote how to be supportive of your child for their um, college and career readiness and for your plans. Um, but it has to start in middle school. So, and they're just like rolling that out. And then they have, we have career day, you know, cause you saved me this year. We have a career day <laughs> toolkit that you can use to to um, to design your career day for your campus. Yeah. So it's amazing, and this is an exciting time for kids to explore their careers because you don't. For me, like even watching the Share Your Road episodes, I want to see it. I don't want to just hear about it in a book. I want to see the. I want to see the experience. I want to experience the job. Um, taking your kids to different universities, 
our different early colleges, like within your campus or early high schools and, you know, letting them explore their options. And like those kids that, you know, they're not going to do it at a four-year college. They need to do a technical, you know, or they need to do an industry or they need to go to a um, community college. You know, you don't have to go to university. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, you can go to community college, but just pushing these kids, letting them explore more, you know, it's so basic now in class. You just kind of, you do a, you ask a bunch of questions and you plug it in and others, you're going to be out, you're going to be a cook. He, he don't want to be a cook. Yep. You know? So I think using these resources, and it's free. I mean, you can't go wrong with free. We're in two-thirds of the school districts in Texas, you know? So I think it's important. Like, I think we've reached 10,000 students, you know? We have got to be more involved yeah. with the planning of these kids in college. It so shouldn't that's be free because um, right now I would totally buy it, whatever it is you're <laughs> But it's free. I mean, <laughs> yeah. most should. Yeah, yeah. And so here's the, here's the other thing, man, is um, the, here's why I love it is because it's so ridiculous. You know, at the end of my career, my last 10 years, I taught all seniors, juniors, seniors. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go to school. Really? Why? Well, I want to be an accountant. Okay, cool. I want you to describe to me specifically what your mm-hmm. day is going to look like as an accountant. Day, like hour by hour, what, what will you be doing? But I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what? Like, why don't you go hang out with an accountant, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, because those books are fat. And, you know, you're going to say, like, why are you going to study? You don't even know what that means. Yeah. And so, you know, that is the interesting part of me as a parent for mm-hmm. college right now because my daughter went to a performing arts high school. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to go to college and, and to major in acting. Yeah. Well, that's all she knows. And you know what I think? Don't tell anybody this. <laughs> She's going to find something she never imagined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's going to fall in love with that. And I have mm-hmm. a feeling it might be outside of acting. Yeah. Just for be- sure. Just because she's never been exposed. That's what I'm saying. They have to be exposed to different stuff. They have yeah. to. So I, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm Texas on course. Yeah. <laughs> And Look it up. It's not www. It's just texasoncourse.org. Don't don't use the www. No. Thank you. <laughs> and then here's the other thing is I went my the first, I, I, I attempted a number of uh, universities. I like to try things out. And so the first one I attempted to go to was Southwest Texas State. And um, what I loved about it is they had for me that back then they had like 60 hours you had to take of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So you had to take sociology and anthropology and all this stuff. And you know what? I loved it because mm-hmm. I had no idea. But looking back, especially because college is so expensive now, like to do that, it, it cost me sixty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it's yep. insane. I'm still rather paying student than, loans. <laughs> yeah, rather than something that a kid can explore earlier mm-hmm. and find out. And then the also thing I love it is this is such a, a money maker for families because if they, um, you know, provide if you, they follow the guides that you provide for college uh, for taking classes in high school mm-hmm. a lot of those are gonna get college credit yeah mm-hmm. that's crazy mm-hmm. but our but, parents need support they need they yeah. have they don't have that's what i'm saying it's so important to plug into the resources you have and like have yeah. the parent engagement night show the parents how they can be supportive of their kids education because a lot of parents are like well, we didn't go to college unless these kids are gonna be first year college mm-hmm. students that's the ones you need to touch that's the ones you need to get to because that's their first generation mm-hmm. of college students yep you know yeah. And the parents, you've got to get them on board. Powerful. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. I'm so, so thankful that you're doing that. I am too. I'm happy. You're, you're fired up for it. Um, I love it. And we did. We went to Austin. We had a big meeting and we went to a I restaurant. S- I saw your meeting. <laughs> 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 all right, Amy, you are all over the Nate, man. You do so much stuff. You're presenting and you're like a total tech PD nerd. <laughs> you know, but that, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So, I, uh, it's a, even before I became a coach, I really liked working with teachers. And I think that's why when this position became open, I knew I had to apply for it because I love working with teachers. 
Um, and then also you still get that kid side too, because that was a big fear. I was going to miss the kids. And I do. I miss kids. But and it's really at my campus too, where I work. Um, it's it's not abnormal to not see me walk to see me walk into a class and and be with the kids and the teachers. So yeah, I love I love PD. Love mm-hmm. it a lot. Oh yeah, I love traveling to present to. All right, here's 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 what I want to do at your school. Okay, because I saw a picture of somebody doing this at Keenan, and I've always wanted to do this. Huh. I've never. This is one thing. It's like seriously, it's on my bucket list. Okay, I've always wanted to uh, read a book to a class. Oh oh yes, I've never done it. And I'm telling you, I will, I will, I will kill it. I'm, yes. I'll be good. Yeah, I mean, I will rehearse it. Mm-hmm. I'll rehearse the sounds, yeah. the expressions, the whole thing. And I will. I don't care. I'll. I will be amazing. I promise mm-hmm. you. Yeah, guest guest readers are always fun. Right, I did it on know. my campus, and I've done it at other campuses. I've seen a picture too. of you doing. It. That's why I thought of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did it. I that wanted... one. That one I did at my original campus, Maidley Ranch, um, for Miss Teresa Hoffman, and she picked the book for me and picked it intentionally. It was about a butterfly. And uh, that's a big, that's a thing that with me and I, when it comes to our mom and stuff, right. I loved it. And you could, the picture, the shot she took of me, you could see the way that I was reading it, how animated it was. And it, I didn't think that I was doing that, but the pictures portrayed a different message, uh, but it was fun. Yeah. I mean, my daughter says that, she goes, why don't you read like Mamie? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, let's go bedtime. Amy's like animated and using her hands. I'm just like, wait, this is, what's wrong with this book? I don't want to read it anymore. <laughs> All right, now here's now here's the next level, and this is up to you. You make this happen. Okay. I, in fact, I want a, a read to the class contest, and the kids. And I want the kids to vote on who is the best. <laughs> oh, nice. I want it to be me. I'm calling her out right now. Versus Kim. Oh, uh, Kim, you're from your campus. My counselor Wonderlick. No. Oh, Kim Kelly. She's, yes. not, she's not on my campus. Oh, <laughs> but, you, but you put it together somehow. You can do it. Yeah. And then, and then it's going to be me versus Kim, and one on one. She picks her book. I pick my book. She does her thing. I do my thing. The kids vote, and we'll see. We'll see who wins. <laughs> That'd be good. And I love what that does, though, because it it creates a culture of how much fun reading is. This mm-hmm. is like this is like yeah. that lip sync contest. Uh, <laughs> I saw. So I shared this with uh, my principal and my librarian, uh, Nikki Taylor, and Mallory Kirby. Um, the staff photos that a school took, it was a picture of the teachers holding a book that they love. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. then that staff picture becomes their yearbook picture. But the kids see it on their lanyard all year long or hanging up the signs outside your door that say, right now I'm reading. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. All right. Hey, listen, man, you guys are amazing. You did. I'm so <laughs> glad that you overcame your fear. I was never fearful. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Let's pull up our Facebook messages. It took me a year. <laughs> And we, after now that you've overcome your fear, you can overcome your denial of having fear. <laughs> hey, man, listen, uh, seriously, you know, I've always said this every time is the, the best thing about my gig is um, just meeting these amazing, uh, just loving and compassionate and talented, passionate, cool people in this world of education. And um, and it's it's um, like the, the most rewarding thing is meeting people like you and just um, being able to be friends and chat. And even if it's just a message once in a while, like I mm-hmm. really, really appreciate both of you. Oh, we do too. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Double high five. Ready? One. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Wait. Two. Oh. Wait. Hold on. Can I reach your hand? I'm coming. Oh. In. <laughs> the T Rex hands. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> All right. Thank you.